Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place, the legend of Korra. Hello everybody and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Uh, as you will not have heard because I edited it out, Allison says, Happy Labor Day! And I also say Happy Labor Day. Noel, do you also say Happy Labor Day? I do also say Happy Labor Day. With less enthusiasm because I'm very tired. <laughs> Go union! We're officially a union household now. It's not because of me. It's because of Tom. Uh-huh. Um, he got he officially got his union card in the mail last week. So very exciting. My union is household right over here. is unemployment technically a union? Does that count? <laughs> if so, we're both uh, extremely employed or extremely unionized. No, pro very pro union. Um, yes, the uh, the people are you know are asking me some of my my parents of some of my students are like oh what are you gonna do for the weekend are you ready for the holiday and i'm like i'm, I'm gonna work all day yeah and that's that's what happens when you're a musician you work when other people aren't working um but uh certainly very much uh celebrating the spirit of the day and i will uh be enjoying the various uh celebrations of uh workers and unions and um collective bargaining that will be yeah, I'm sure populating my my feed when I you know pop my head out a little bit later today. Um, so let's talk about some fictional pro athletes that definitely aren't unionized and have to chip into their own cha- championship pot and definitely <laughs> need a union so they don't get scammed by the POS who runs the gym. Which oh well, seen. I mean. Also, they could still totally get scammed even if they're unionized. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they, we're basically, we're talking about the Patriots here, right? The Patriots, <laughs> um, may, like maybe the Lakers, but definitely the Patriots. See, I feel like this is more... Tom Brady sucks! <laughs> I see, I get more... I, this makes me think that it would be more of like a WWE situation where they're like, oh, everybody's yeah. just independent contractors. Yeah. They just happen to work in the one place that they could work, in the one building that mm-hmm. they could work. Uh, yeah, but they're, <laughs> they don't work for us. They just, like, happen to be here at this exact precise time so definitely uh, independent contractors that's yeah that is super accurate yeah um so so lots to talk about in today's episodes we're talking legend of Korra, book one episodes five and six um the spirit of competition and and the winner is and what i enjoyed about these episodes as i was watching them besides just you know getting two more lovely Korra episodes was i i we finished the first one i was like see this is good there's fun there's lots you know lots to enjoy in this episode but it's finally not going to be too much for us to talk about in one in one episode of the podcast this is the correct balance i'm looking forward to the conversation there's lots of places we could start um obviously pabu and his new shirt and his sticking the landing you know in the big in the big uh his noodle stage. belly. His noodle I, belly. I, noodle belly. I really feel like there is no way to start other than talking about Pabu. Well, so. because I feel like we have to start with Lin motherfucking Beifong, everybody. Fair. 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 So in case you weren't sure, she is Toph's daughter. She is her own self. And um, I'm, I like it took everything within me to not just like cheer and pump my fist when she gets her big moment and like really arrives in episode six. Uh, Allison, obviously, Nolan, and I knew what was coming. We knew, you know, what what to expect. We've been uh, I will. I've been waiting with bated breath for for Lynn to really, you know, do her thing. Uh, what did you think about these two episodes? And was it um, w- was it as much of a hell yeah moment for you as it was for me? Well, I think 
you know, normally I, I'd like to think I'm pretty good with words, but I recognize when I've been beaten. So I'd like to just give my time to Keenan Caldwell, who says in the chat, I yelled, dope, this is dope, aloud to my living room, which is pretty much what happened to me, too. In fact, I got I got like a little shouty with Tom because I went, this is fucking amazing. This is amazing. And Tom's Tom had the audacity to say to me. Yeah, metal bending is really cool. And I was like, no, I am not talking about metal bending. It is cool. But how on earth could you hear me say, amazing, this is fucking amazing, and think I was talking about metal bending? <laughs> Never. I am clearly talking about Lin Bei Fong. Like, what? How on earth? Could you mistake the two? <laughs> anyway, the cable bending is very cool, but it was, oh, and then it kept going. As I was watching it, one of the things I thought was, this is what every DC movie that isn't um, Birds of Prey wants its final act to be, but it never is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I love Wonder Woman, but this is what the final act of Wonder Woman wants to be. And it's the end of a 30-minute episode of television. Um, it's so epic, and the shape of it is so good, and all it's incredibly detailed. But just the structure of it, I think, is incredibly impressive. All of the little movements within this not particularly long, deeply upsetting sequence that still manages to be really thrilling and kick-ass and all of those great things. Um, so that's, a, I guess, a longer thing about the final act, but especially Lynn. Oh my God, she's so amazing. Yep, yep. Did we have a new favorite? Is Lynn our new favorite? Or is that not acceptable because Cora has to be our favorite, but also Lynn can be our favorite too? Well, Pabu's my favorite, so I don't really feel like there's a yeah. problem there. That's true, that's true. And and let us not overlook the contributions contributions of Pabu and his, his chewing. Yep. I don't know if we could hear that in the Oh, it was great. Recording. It sounded amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Noel, how was it for you revisiting these? Well, I mean... And the winner is, is just firmly lodged in my head. Like, it's one of those episodes that I just remember really clearly and really strongly because of everything that's in it. Um, so the the tournament is really great and fucking Wolf Bats, man. Mm -hmm. They're just so extra. And Tano's so extra. Voiced um, by Rami Malik, by the way. Oh, mm -hmm. good job. Unrecognizable. What a good yeah. voice performance. Yeah. That's what a delight. I had no idea. That's amazing. That's so cool. <laughs> um, so all of that, and then just the final like act of no, Amon was like, oh no, I don't care about the police. Fuck the police. I'm taking over this place because I have shock gloves and masks. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that is just like, it's really thrilling because you get the pro bending, like championship match and everything. And you get the wolf bats cheating and everything. And then it just feeds into Amon's narrative and it's just so delicious. And I really love it. And then you just get this beautiful Wuxia-esque crouching tiger, hidden dragon thing, but all the wires are visible this time <laughs> instead of being edited in post-production. They're all here. Um, so all of that is really great. And I just, I, watching it again, I was just really struck by how really well structured, going back to Allison's point, this in particular around the winner is, is done. And it's just so good. Um, and Tenzin's really funny in it. You get a lot of good stuff with him and Lynn, but 
you also just get so much good Amon stuff because there's a giant like fireball going up through his blimp and he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to step over here right now and not even looking back, not ruffled in any way, shape or form. It's just like, yeah, no, I am not impressed by any of this. Um, and it's just <laughs> so, so good. Um, so it was really, really good to go back to this. And I'm really glad that Allison really liked it because oh, this is this is one of my favorite episodes of this whole show um, because it just hits all the right notes for me. Um, yeah, so I'm very excited, but I'm also very excited to discuss one of the episodes for tomorrow. Um, <laughs> oh, great. So we're yeah. in a hot streak. Love it. Oh, no, no, no. We're in a, we're in a heavy hot streak now. Um, awesome. Like we're in the back half of the season. They've semi-resolved all the romantic fe- feelings for the time being. So they can just go full plot. Um, so it's actually really exciting. There's a bunch of really good stuff coming up. Um, right. But yeah. Kate, how did you feel about revisiting? I guess, and the winner is, because we're not talking about the spirit of competition yet. I guess. Well, there's a few things we need to talk about in the spirit of yes. competition. And I feel like we should not, like, no offense to the spirit of competition, but let's get that out of the way. Uh, so uh, I like uh, several things about that. I like, the, you know, that we get some fun bending. It does feel like it's so jarring to just be like, and we're just gonna do bending for this one. Just the pro bending. <laughs> we're not gonna pretend that, you know, there isn't this terrifying villain lurking, you know, and haunting Cora's dreams and all of this. Um, because Cora doesn't want to deal with that right now. So she's not gonna. <laughs> and all the <laughs> politics and all of that, it does feel very, uh, it, it's jarring the tonal shift, but it feels appropriate for the characters. Um, and it's just, it's so very teenage. It's so very high school. Um, the, the back and forths of like, so it's like, it's regrettable. Some of their decision-making in our, in our core trio and all, and, and, and Asami's kind of off to the side right now, but the core trio, but it also just so tracks like Cora being like, yeah, but you're thinking about me when you're with her. And it's just like, Really, you're you're better you're better than this, Cora. Oh, is she you, though? I but, mean, but is she? You don't know that you are yet, and that that's okay. You're you're gonna learn from you, you're all gonna learn from these experiences. Um, I, I, but I, so I guess you know the fact that this episode kind of just takes care of of the dynamics. In, you know, there's there's tension. Uh, there's acknowledgement of complicated you know emotional situations going on, but it's not. They aren't gonna drag it out and pretend that like we can't be brothers anymore right Over, you know when they both just are like yeah girls yeah this is <laughs> we're being dumb but all you know like with the various things that they've dealt with that i mean we haven't seen yet but we've we've heard them talk about cora or any one person and like hurt feelings over you know who who they like shouldn't be enough to to really make a wedge there and it doesn't and i think that's so refreshing to see um cora you know being like you know i can like mako but also enjoy spending time with bolin there's something wrong with that it doesn't make me a bad person um you know she should realize that she's leading on bolin more than she does it's not necessarily okay but bolin's not asking to tie her down he's not asking for commitment he's just saying let's go have some fun let's just go hang out and that's what she's doing so like there's it's very real in their interactions. It's very, um, of, it's very, their, you know, their age. Uh, and, and I think it's good that we, it gets the, the time and weight it deserves, especially for the emotional place that they're all at right now. 
And then we move on from it, I guess is how I feel. Allison, what did you think of all of our back and forth? Oh, I thought it was pretty well handled. You know, when I figured out we were getting a whole episode of that, I got pretty like nose wrinkle grumpy about it. Like, mm, thing. And then when it went the direction it went in with things being messy, but everybody is still just doing their best, especially once we get Cora's amazing. <laughs> we're going to call Cora. We're going to call that Cora's Damian Lillard moment. I have no idea if anybody who is currently listening to the podcast will get that reference. <laughs> um, but it's, it was Dame time um, getting those buzzer beaters. That was, that was definitely Cora's moment. So I really liked the resolution of it and the way all those pieces work together. It was just very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, Keenan says, Bullen really brought the himbo energy to this episode, and it was exceedingly sweet that he took her out for Northern Water Tribe food. Yeah. Um, Keenan also says, Pablo stole the show, but my good dog Naga got a great hero moment in the restaurant. It was yeah. so amazing. It's very good. So fun. <laughs> Noel, how are you with the back and forth relationship drama? I mean, I liked how kind of just like excessive that date, that date was of... Water Tribe food, going out, seeing the sights, going to that tower that Bolin has definitely never actually been to because it's something you do when friends come to town and then you just <laughs> finally go. Yeah. Um, but is delighted by how delighted Korra is by it. But then you just get that shot of that whole sequence of Mako and Korra like discussing their feelings and it's just really well lit and like animated in terms of like where the light's hitting them. They're in shadows a lot. It's really good. And then you just pan over and there's Bolin just holding flowers and his face just crumpling into anime snot and tears. And it's just, you feel for that poor himbo. You feel for that poor, poor himbo. But it's all, I think, it works generally pretty well. And I don't begrudge the episode really anything, but it's also hard to watch that episode and then immediately watch And the Winner Is and go, oh, yeah... I guess we did this. Um, but it all does, like you say, Kate, it all serves like a larger character purpose in helping really establish where they all are when they're going into this championship match and how that influences their behavior and everything going forward. Um, but I'm afraid that we have to take a quick break because we need to plug Flamio Instant Noodles, the <laughs> noodliest noodles of Republic City and a proud sponsor of Streaming in Place. <laughs> Use discount code 20 off, Hotman. Yes, yes, 20, 20 off, Hotman. Yes, that's exactly it. That's the, what it their, their mascot is actually a character named Hotman. Hotman. <laughs> you take a hot dog, fold it in some jack cheese, fold it in a pizza. You got cheesy blasters. <laughs> um, the, the other thing I like about having the Spirit of Competition before we have this one is that it really does establish the strength of their connection and friendship and partnership mm -hmm. it, that they are able to weather, you know, all of that up and down that we get um, so that when they're in the situation that they're in, you know, here in the second episode that it, you, you can buy them working together and being such a good team and assessing this, you know, like everything that, that is happening, um, as well, you know, working together as well as they do, despite all this other tension, instead of ignoring it all, and pretending it isn't there, they've resolved it. And they're, you know, like you feel like with all these terrible things going on, at least there's some people in Cora's Corner. Um, the other thing that we got to mention real quick before we move on um, 
is just how lovely it is to have there be, so far at least, like, no tension between Korra and Asami. Where it's just like, they both like the same dude, but Korra, but Asami is great to Korra. Korra's like, damn, you seem pretty cool. Okay. I don't like watching you make out with this guy, but I yeah. mean. I like yeah. that it's very specifically, like, she gets her yuck moment every time, but it's definitely like, blech, and not like, the bitch. Yeah. yeah. Which is a very different thing and a really important thing. I just really do love that Cora goes to Janora and Icky for love advice. Oh my god. <laughs> and the reveal of Tenzin's sort of emo- like relationship past. Oh, right. And Janora just kind of half describes Game of Thrones to her of, yeah, no, and then the lady just flew a dragon and burned up the city and then flew flew into a volcano. And it's just like, wait, that's just Game of Thrones, Janora. Did you just read Game of Thrones? From the future? <laughs> Um, but yes, and the and the um the hot Tenzin Goss, which we get confirmation of here um later in and the winner is, which is another reason why and the winner is, is so good. <laughs> of Tenzin and Lin? Why did that seem like a good idea? <laughs> Guys, come on. Well, let, let's let's talk about and the winner is. Uh so there's so many things that I want to talk about, but I feel like might accidentally be spoilers, even though they're not. But I'm just worried about it. So I'm going to kind of stay back from this one a little bit. And I I would like to hear you guys talk about the structure and, like, how you connected with that element of it. Uh, For me, it was all about the character, like, hero shots of Lin and the action. Like, the way they've so successfully built up um, uh, Iman. And then also just the the animation like you can feel the movement it's so well animated um everything makes sense i like that they like they kind of preview what's gonna happen with the the fight with with the match where cora catches mako and throws him back up right like so it's just the the animation for me is what really stood out aside from the character stuff so allison i'll throw to you uh where do you where do you want to start with the structure of and the winner is well um I think one of the things that I find most impressive about it is related to the structure, which is that you watch the first, I don't know, first two acts, probably Um, Mm -hmm. first half, maybe. And it's really exciting. Um, The animation the like camera work of the animation is very um, frenetic and cool like you can see sort of like a it's got like highlight reel on espn energy and then once we get past that halfway point the stakes go up but tonally things shift so dramatically that there there's a quietness in that transition that i think ratchets up to the tension incredibly effectively so when we get that defeat and already the defeat feels pretty meaningless, not just because they cheated, but because they start slowly having people bring their masks up and we start to understand what's about to happen. Um, which I think is so smart and really put me on edge in the best way, uh, as we headed into that big battle. Kate, I hadn't picked up on the mirroring between, um, Cora throwing Mako up and Lynn throwing Cora up, but that's incredibly cool. Right. So cool. Yeah, it's so It's cool. very good storyboarding. Um, yeah, I think that, Allison, your point about, like, the bending championship tonal shifts, basically, within the episode, I think is really spot on. 
um, since you get, like you said, that ESPN sizzle reel sort of package, but you also get contemporary like action editing for the big championship match. Yeah. Uh, you get a lot of cuts. Um, the action doesn't, the action's all really clear, which is one of the best things arguably about the show is that even though they're doing a lot of cuts, the flow of the matches makes sense to you visually. And it's not like a really kind of chaotic editing mess. But once Amon shows up, like you say, everything slows down and then suddenly everything's in wide cut, wide shots. We get very few, we get very few cuts of action. Everything's being done in like single takes. Um, and it's really, really tonally and aesthetically really impressive that they really differentiate between those two impulses, I think. And it really drives home how methodical, I think, Amon is. He literally hijacks the aesthetics of the show by showing up in the first place. Um, it suddenly becomes his show, and his show is manipulative, methodical, and slow and thought out because like what better way to counter armored metal benders who we make a very big deal of in act one of being like yeah no they can they're cheap lockers can't get through our armor and amon's whole group goes yeah we have shock gloves now and just zap everyone um that could potentially pose a threat to them and just the ways in which moves and counter moves suddenly come to the forefront within that, as opposed to cheating in the pro in the pro bending stuff, I think it's just really impressive. Again, structurally, but then aesthetically, it just gets baked in even deeper, and it's just such a rich episode because of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The uh, the the energy of the room just so so quickly changes and you know and it like because you're watching watching this going okay well what's the plan what's going on you know having the the please please do armor up it's very <laughs> it conducts our electricity really well um you know because you are you're supposed to feel pretty safe and then you get so distracted by the matches because they've done such a good job of building up the wolf bats and Tano specifically. And mm-hmm. you, just, you just freaking hate them. Yeah. Uh, it's just the worst. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they've done that really effectively. Like uh, Keenan says, I, you know, I'm not a regular sports watcher and I was invested in the matches. And so th- that's also just like the, the writing for, in the performance for the, um, the color commentary, right? It was really good. It keeps your, I mean, Noel and I know a thing or two about getting invested in things you shouldn't be invested in with all of our Marvel <laughs> watching recently. Um, and, and so much of it does come down to the play-by-play and color commentary. Um, so between the, the visual style, you know, they, they really lull you in and get you in, you know, looking at the wrong thing. Um, so that when they do, you know, pivot, not only is it, horrifying um it's very like if this is like bane right at yes. the football game but way more effective for me right and like just way more like i feel like this could happen but like i can relate with oh no what would that be like to be in the crowd more in this than in you know what is that dark knight rises dark knight rises um yeah. sorry i'm giggling because i'm thinking about harley quinn bane doing the football scene now and it's just he would do it correctly and it would make me very happy anyway mm-hmm. sorry that's yeah and and um it, so so that yeah you know, like it's very relatable it, it's very chilling then because of that and um 
yeah, it's just, it, it's this corruption of something that has become such a positive experience and such a positive um, place for Cora. She has found her footing in the city and in like this new chapter of her life through bending and through, you know, like, yes, the air temple and yes, her friends there, but really she's got a lot more confident in herself from this. And then when you pair that with, yeah, it's only episode six, Cora. And you know what would be really useful? You, you, you're not going to win yet. But also, you know what would be useful right now? If you could airbend. That would make, if you could fly, if you could airbend, that would make it a lot easier to catch these guys, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would make it a lot easier um, if your airbending skills actually existed as opposed to being really good at the movements of like mm-hmm. the airbending stuff. Listeners, I'm doing the thing as if I'm moving through the panels right now. Yes. Um, excellent technique yeah no very my nice. footwork is spot on no you're putting in the time and it shows <laughs> uh, keenan says it was shocking to me every time that the avatar wasn't just flying up to deal with stuff i'm so used to avatar equals airbender and avatar equals flying yeah yeah, yeah it shows you, you know like you're watching and you're like why is it she's oh that's right she can't do air yeah and tenzin's knocked out or else he could like gust her up there Woofer. but yeah Woof. yeah yeah very um, much so yeah Allison's Zoom name listeners is I'm currently wetting my pants and <laughs> excellent, excellent uh, reference. That well, was that's one another of my moment. great example of the the really magnificent structure of this episode, because right when I just was extremely upset, I mean, it was watching them fall into the water and then the shock happen like that. And Flo- the floating and pulling the back it, j- it was very upsetting so right when i was like oh my god that's when we get a very funny joke that's also upsetting but very funny so it's um just incredibly well constructed yeah no and i mean i even think about like when like with some of the other tunnel stuff of like the fire fair it's cosplayers that are in the stands cheering them on mm-hmm. each of them dressed like one of the other team members and it's just like it's so sweet and so good and then you're just like, I hope they made it out okay. <laughs> yeah. Which, just a side note, uh, tangent, but uh, having been to Comic-Con while this show was airing, the Korra cosplay was like a staple of my first few years at Comic-Con. So much great Korra cosplay out there. If you, this is of interest to anyone, if you're new to The Legend of Korra, do yourself a, f- a favor and Google it because you will just like... And it's also so... It's like on the scale of cosplay, it's pretty doable you know like halter tank and and some pants and then like a couple like go to joann's and get some spools of fabric to put it in in your hair right so like yeah yeah i always think of that when i'm when i'm watching this show i just think back very fondly so that 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 just like little nod to fan culture and to the experience of you know going to a sporting event you know just it helps it feel all the richer Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to like talk about Amon a little bit and I want to yeah. kind of bounce off using Keenan's question if I can. Yeah. Um, I quoting Keenan, I still don't understand Amon's endgame because he's talking about like harnessing the city's power and technology. And I'm like, do you mean benders? The ones powering the city? Mm-hmm. Is that a good, was that a correct like tonal reading, Keenan? I want to make sure I got that. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, and also, Keenan says earlier, uh, I cannot decide if I think uh, Amon is, can bend or not. And yeah, it's all, it's all murky. And like, 
I, you know, because like, obviously Nolan, I know more than you do, Allison, but it, it's all very, very familiar things, right? Yeah, it's um, a very common technique of oppressors um, to identify the anger of people who rightly or wrongly consider themselves to be underprivileged um, and to turn it into resentment and fear and racism and all kinds of other terrible things um, to amass a following um, while also looking at them in contempt. You don't know what that might relate to that we're living in currently, um, but maybe something. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just, at this point I'm just assuming he's a bender because that's also sort of a classic element of that tyrannical approach to ruining everything um is that you uh identify with the group that you disdain and feel yourself to be superior to um so i was just assuming that he is a bender who who for whatever reason feels wronged or sees an opportunity to grab power and so is uh, exploiting this anger and resentment and stoking it and all of that and so i mean certainly the like i've been i've just been thinking of it as turtle bending because i don't (laughs) because i don't know uh you know what the is it soul bending like what is it is there a term for it it's energy bending energy bending okay right now i'm remembering that but i've been thinking of it as turtle bending lion turtle bending yeah right lion turtle bending so um uh I, i mean that's bending right he's bending yeah, he, he's saying it's technology, but he's definitely bending because we've seen that before. Well, he's saying yeah. that the spirits gifted him with the knowledge, right? Whatever he's that means. he's crafting it in some sort of like supernatural thing, but a higher plane of supernatural <laughs> than just basic bending. It's not bending; it's a miracle from God. Yeah, as though from bending spirits, itself yeah. is not miraculous. Um, yeah, I'm very mad at him, but he is terrifying. What a good villain! Yeah, yeah. no, you know what else is terrifying. Uh, I want to make sure that we talk about this. The little flashbacks that Cora's getting are so unsettling. Um, and yeah. not just because that's when I, you know, I'll be like, oh, my God, adulting. And I just freak out. <laughs> um, so that's part of it. But just recognizing that there's this chapter of in the lives of these people we care so much about and we know nothing but can tell that it's bad and painful is um, is really something it's. That's the best kind of emotional manipulation where it's just making me care so much. (laughs) Yeah, those flashbacks are rough. Um, And like I said, we get resolution on them within this season. Um, Again, because this was supposed to be the only season. Um, So you get an answer. I promise. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things like, hey, uh, Cora, you know, it probably would be really helpful if you had access to your previous avatar lives and could like reach out to to and consult, you know, the other, your past selves for, you know, pointers on what's going on right now. Even though we all know Korra would only listen to Hiroshi, like not Hiroshi, um, Kiyoshi would be Mm -hmm. the only one she would listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, but it really is lovely. This, this, She's such a distinct character. She's such, mm-hmm. like, you know her personality. You know how she's going to handle Like, you think of a situation, you say, what would Cora do? And you know. I think, I think, what would Aang do? And I might not know. But I think, what would Cora do? 
I definitely know. And it's probably <laughs> not all that uh, nuanced currently, at least where she's at in season one, this part of season one. Do we have any other moments or uh, elements of these episodes that we want to make sure to mention? Well, I do want to like kind of quickly like address the idea of like the power and technology thing that Keenan brings up, because I think one of the things with it that's kind of baked in but left a little unstated is the rate at which technology is advanced enough that they have like little generators for those gloves and those stock shock batons that you can potentially sidestep the benders. But at the same time, I think that there's also a, well, if we can figure out a way to make the electricity without having to use benders. Um, and if that's a better society anyway, if there are no benders and we can just figure out another way to do it. Ingenuity type of thing. Um, I think is sort of what they're what he's getting at, but yes, there's that weird little pay no attention to these other little mucky details about my rhetoric type of mm-hmm. deal that he's espousing. Um, anything else? I do really love Tano's bending being taken away, just because they yeah. animate the shit out of it. And by animate the shit out of it, I mean there's not a lot of like animated movement, but the his eyes are just so wide and his face is so pale. And just that sh- that performance by Malik is just really just wild to watch. Um, and it's horrifying. It's legitimately horrifying. And the fact that they keep doing it and it's still really horrifying because he's taken away the bending of a number of people at this point. And it's still terrible every time. Yeah, it's kind of great, I think. Yeah, and that they uh, are not blowing past this happening to people that we don't like or that right yeah they're like they're you know validating the trauma and pain of all kinds of people tano tano's a dick and lightning bolt zolt um was a criminal um but at the same time it's all this stuff of yeah no it's still bad though (laughs) yeah lots of grays Um, here (laughs) yeah Keenan says, I thought, too, it could be a thing where if people don't have to think about invisible beasts and they don't even know that they should. Like, I'm sure there are huge swaths of the population who may only be dimly aware that vendors mm-hmm. make the electricity. Yeah. Like, people just don't understand that all clothes are made in factories unless you're paying four figures and up or making your own. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing that came to mind, not to get too political, uh, but people who rely on Social Security... Uh, being excited about payroll taxes being cut. And you say, well, you realize that payroll taxes are what fund social security, right? Like they, they, okay. Okay. You know, like they, these are not necessarily, um, these, these are just very familiar beats, shall we yeah. say? And things that, uh, you know, pay no attention, you know, or just people who, a lot of times like you don't have the time and energy to follow the thread all the way through and and characters like Aman are very very good at making sure that you don't sit back and follow the thread all the way through and yeah. making sure that you are you are uh they're tapping so specifically and dramatically into the emotion and um the the issue that you are dealing with and you feel passionately about um and or that is directly impacting and causing suffering in your life so that you don't have the time and energy to continue, you know, that thought process all the way through. What is it going to mean if X, Y, and Z? So, yeah. Anyways, Allison, any final thoughts? Oh, I don't know. Um, I wish I had, I have been waiting on these weekends to 
to watch the episodes like a couple of hours before we record just so that it stays fresh in my mind. And I wish that I had watched these on Friday or Saturday so that I would have had time to rewatch because I was just so impressed by And the Winner Is and I wish I'd gotten to spend more time with it. So, I mean, I guess when we get to talking about the end of the season, I will probably have more thoughts on this episode. Although Noel sure makes it sound like I'm going to have lots of rivals for my pick for the best episode of the season. Um, coming yeah, up here. what I was about to say is if that's sort of like what you're wanting to do, I would just watch the next two episodes as soon as you can and then watch them again tomorrow morning before we record. Great. Good to know. Yeah. And text us. Yeah. <laughs> when you do. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, when we were doing Lucifer, I, I kept wanting to know what you guys were thinking when you were watching. Then mm-hmm. um, Big like, oh, I don't know if they've seen it yet. Okay, yeah. I can't say anything. See, but we don't have to worry about that right now because. No. Yeah, I will text you guys when I watch. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, so for our episodes for tomorrow are, again, still book one, episode seven and eight. Uh, seven is the aftermath, and eight is when extremes meet. So, thoughts? Ooh. Okay. So, the aftermath is definitely about how this causes absolutely no problems, everything's fine, and there's nothing they have to deal with. Um, clearly, that's what the title indicates, uh, is no issues. Um, None. Where two extremes meet? That's the, what the name is? Where extremes one? meet. Extremes meet. Okay. Um, so I'm going to guess that they're, that, um, oh, what's his doodle? Uh, the... Oh, God, what's his name? The other T name that's not Tenzin. Tarlock? Yes, thank you, Tarlock. Um, I'm going to guess that he uh, has a performative outsize, with good reason, but outsize reaction to what happens and uses it to further his own ends. So both sides are going to a bad extreme and Cora starts thinking she will never be able to find balance okay that's my that's my guess okay (laughs) and pabu will get a new shirt (laughs) (laughs) noodle belly (gasps) and then just like the little like wheel arms as he like yep so good speeds out of the noodle shack and when oh (laughs) when he's chewing through the robes and he's like did i did i do it like no keep going buddy you're doing great (laughs) oh god just wonderful and the little act and he was so disappointed and i just i love him so much i love Mm -hmm. him so much if there is a pabu's last days i'm gonna throw my computer out the window there is not a pabu's lost days thank you you're okay there's not a lot of like animal stuff um like trauma in this series i think i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure naga and pabu get get by pretty cleanly okay um but i also acknowledge that seasons three and four are just a big blur um (laughs) okay yeah for a range of reasons (laughs) sure we'll find Uh, out keenan's uh last thought is fuck the cheating corny wolf bats (laughs) yeah anyone can howl pabu though that is a gets a good bit yeah. In the stadium you got get points where you know where they're deserved it's a good good yeah. way to go um so Noel, any hints any uh thing you want yeah, to you no? tease anything i oh, I, come I, on. I, already, I already talked of like i've i've really really liked one of these episodes i will not say which one okay <laughs> yeah. um my last thing will be why oh, look what came ah! oh yeah 
it's my uh, book it, in the USPS. So, Allison, what what am I holding here? How TV can make you smarter by Allison Shoemaker. And where, from so Chronicle a Books. Lovely, lovely, like small, like like uh like a hundred something. So not yeah. intimidating. Excellent mm-hmm. quarantine kind of read. Mm-hmm. Where is it available for the low low price of like? 12 13 bucks yeah it is 12.95 you can get it all of the places that you get books i would personally love it if you want to order it if you would order it through women and children first which is a bookstore here in chicago or find a great black-owned bookstore in one of did they figure out that there's at least one in every state i don't remember there's there are lots of articles out there available to you about black-owned bookstores um so i would love it if you bought from them um but or checked it out from the library, although you won't be able if to check. If your libraries are open and doing like curbside pickup. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, you won't be able to check it out from the Chicago Public Library just yet because I, on a whim, searched to see if CPL was getting it. They were. So then I put it on hold. <laughs> <laughs> um, so oh. when it shows Allison, up. Allison, that's not how this works. <laughs> I know. But when it shows up. I'm getting it, and then I'm going to put, like, a little note inside okay. it for the next uh, person. For, like, the first person who checks it out will, f- like, I'll write something in the somewhere very tiny, and then also I'm just going to, like, put a folded little piece of paper, maybe in an envelope, in it, so that the first person to check it out in 2067 will, um, <laughs> so that's assuming we're still here, um, will see a little note from me. So, anyway. you should You should autograph it. I don't think they'll get mad about that because that just only improves the value of the book. Yeah, I will definitely autograph it. Anyways, that's very, very cool. And uh, I'm very excited for you. Um, well, that will wrap up our conversation for today. Thank you to Keenan for hanging out in the Zoom today and sharing all of your thoughts. Keenan, MVP. Yeah, absolutely. Truly the core of the semifinals of this Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back tomorrow. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.